Welcome to the Yana podcast, a mental health podcast where we're going to talk about life, hear stories of strength, and get all in our feelings so we can remind you that you are not alone. Our hosts are me, Carly, and Becca. Both of us are super passionate about mental health, advocacy, education, and shattering that stigma. We love creating opportunities for young people to share their stories and experiences about navigating mental health and life in general. The content of this podcast may contain mature subject matter, such as discussions about suicide, self-harm, drug and alcohol abuse, sexual or physical violence, as well as the use of strong language. Listener discretion advised. Hello and welcome everyone. <laughs> we have, welcome back to the Yana podcast. Welcome back. Before we introduce our very special guest today, uh, we would like to give you that little rundown on why we do this podcast. So to begin, Carly and I both work for NAMI. Yes, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We are the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization. And Becca and I have the privilege of getting the, um, the opportunity to work for NAMI Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So we are Philly girls and work at NAMI Philadelphia. Yeah, and one of the programs that we offer through NAMI Philadelphia is called Ending the Violence, and it's a it's a teen mental health educational program where we go into schools usually and youth programs, colleges, and we talk about mental health and warning signs. and And then the best part is that we have a young person who shares their personal experience with mental health their journey. Um, since COVID began and things have been a little bit different, we have we haven't been able to do things the way we would typically do them. So we still wanted to give young people a platform to be able to have this conversation. So henceforth, thereupon. <laughs> you do it every time. <laughs> it's like you can't help yourself. Can't. You like, cannot. It's like this old England thing comes starts. You to think that you are like a queen. Yeah. Um, so the Yana podcast was born. So today we have a very cool guest. Today our guest is a 17-year-old entrepreneur who is in 12th grade and is born and raised in West Philadelphia. Uh, he found the importance of mental health after people close to him started dealing with it and he started to see it from the outside. Even though he's dealt with mental health himself, he didn't see the importance of mental health until he saw the people he cared about struggling with it. So he likes to see people happy and people coming together. So he started an event called Philly Showcase, which is a talent show to show unique talent within teens in Philadelphia. But the main reason is to raise awareness for teen mental health. He believes that teen mental health gets overlooked a lot and it's time to end the silence. His passion <laughs> him to do great things in life and he believes he may not be the change, but he can be at least 1% of it. Wow. Welcome Cortez Patton. Cortez, <laughs> welcome to the table. We are so happy to have you. 
thank you. You are welcome. You are such a bright light. I'm so, so thankful that the city has someone like you. You are so young, but so mighty and doing such great things. I cannot wait to hear your story and to hear more about your impact and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. So we're going to jump in and do our little check-in. And then I have a question that I ask. Um, it's typically like super cash and really fun. Nothing too serious because I think it's fun to get to know each other a little bit on like a fun level. So my question isn't going to be necessarily like silly and fun as it typically is, but I'm feeling super sentimental lately. Like I probably because of the holiday season, I get like all in my gushy emotions. So I'm wondering if you guys have like one of those items in your life, like a picture book or a piece of jewelry or something that is like a sentimental piece to you that means a lot, that has a story behind it, some type of something that you can think of that you're like, this means a lot to me. So that's my question. It's more of a tell me something that you have like an item that means a lot to you that's super sentimental. So I'll check in first and then I'll give my sentimental story. So I just already said, I'm feeling super in my feelings lately because of the holidays, the holiday season coming up and with COVID and everything, not really being able to participate in like traditions and stuff with my siblings and family, but trying to stay positive and be smart and just really, you know, stay focused on gratitude and being grateful for my life and for my family and we'll get creative and do type all types of holiday activities via zoom I'm sure but anyway my sentimental piece of something is my when I was a young girl my both my parents passed away and I have my mom's wedding band that my dad gave my mom obviously and that is my sentimental piece of jewelry that I like hold so dear to my heart. So that is my little sentimental thing. It's something that like I had at my wedding day, like I kept close to my heart and I will like never, ever, like I have to, it's so special to me. So that is my little story, but Becca, how are you? Um, I am getting over being sick. I was literally in bed all last week with the flu, which Gross. I never thought I would be relieved to say it was just the flu. Um, I was really scared I had COVID, but I, got I was relieved for you, girl. Yeah, it was. I was really sick. So um, I'm happy that I'm no longer sick, but I'm like kind of grumpy because I was in bed all week and also trying From to. Bella. Yeah, and like trying to figure out how to navigate the holiday season that is upon us, um, you know, from a safety standpoint, but also like mental health safety. Yep. Because um, I live alone and, you know, so anyway, um, so, sentimental. Okay, so I like to think- You are such a sentimental. Oh, you froze. <laughs> Thank you. Here I am. I said okay. so sentimental. Um, so I like to think about this in terms of like what would be the thing I grabbed if the house was on fire. And I've had to think yeah. about this because my building has 
been on fire since I've been here. So, um, and it's going to be really corny, but it's- Wait, I know what it is. I know what it is. <laughs> what is it? Go ahead, say is it your bunny? It's my bunny. It's my bunny. And it's really, I feel silly because I am kind of old and I still, I still sleep with my bunny that I've slept with since I was literally born. So love that about you. she has gone everywhere with me, several institutions all over the world. <laughs> so um, it's like my safety item I don't know she's very I love that you're so cute and <laughs> I'm just letting all the listeners know that Becca actually gave my daughter her own bunny for her first birthday the same bunny that Becca has my daughter got for her first birthday from Becca which I thought was so sweet yeah so I love you I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> I was a little embarrassed but no don't be embarrassed listen we all have that thing okay and I think your thing is great. So you're awesome. Cortez. So Cortez, now that you know that Becca and I are super corny and emotional, tell me how you're doing <laughs> and yeah. tell me what your sentimental thing is. Okay. Uh, so I feel like today I'm doing great, you know, besides me being tired and me grubhubbing iced coffee, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing good. Listen, is, Grubhub comes in clutch sometimes. Oh, yeah. you keep freezing up, girl. So tell us your, I'm sorry, enhance this experience. So tell me what your sentimental thing is, Cortez. Okay, so at first, you know, I want to say, you know, just like Miss um, Becca, but I guess it was like a stuffed bunny. But um, so I thought it was a real bunny until she said uh, she had it when she was when she was a little child. So I was like, okay, definitely not a real bunny. <laughs> well, I mean, I could be like, you know, I don't know how long do bunnies live. I could. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, mine is actually my guinea pigs. Oh. Um, yeah. So um, let's see. Why is that sentimental to me is because I got them during, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that, being quarantined. And I got them because, well, I didn't realize why I got them. I was just like forward, so I got them. But then after one had passed away, I realized why I got it. And that's because during the pandemic and quarantine, you don't really see nobody, you don't interact with nobody. And then I was like feeling alone. So I was like, you know, in my room alone bored so I was like you know what I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a guinea pig so that's why Cortez I love that <laughs> I love that too I've always thought guinea pigs were so precious but I never got around to getting one do they have names does your guinea pig have a name so the one okay so I got two at first um when I first got them one was named Siren one was named Racer then Racer passed away and then that was like about a, two weeks ago and then I got a new one I didn't name them yet but I'm trying to figure out a name around you know those two names I'm still trying to figure it out but well listeners if you have any suggestions for this new sweet guinea pig leave it somewhere in our comments like on our reviews or on our Instagram because maybe we can help Cortez name his sweet new guinea pig 
That is so cute. Oh, now I need a guinea pig. I know that's such a good idea. People kept telling me that I should get a dog to like, mm -hmm. you know, help me with being alone during the apocalypse yeah. thing, but a guinea pig. Love that. Idea. Do Way to go. Smell? Actually, no. Actually, oh, really? Most of the time, they do poop a lot. You know, like, <laughs> I don't even bring them out no more. Like, they just stay in a cage and they just yell and eat carrots and play all day. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> uh -huh. I love that. Oh, we'll give them give them some love from us today. Oh yes. Awesome. So again, now that we know that you are the sweetest, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you talk so fondly about your guinea pigs. I can only imagine the amount of love and compassion that you have for people um, and just for, you know, your story, I'm sure is so impactful. So I cannot wait to hear more about it. Um, and typically what we do now is we hand the mic over to you and we let you kind of share from your heart share from wherever you want to start um, kind of how mental health plays a role in your life what it looks like for you personally and why it has you know impacted you to do all this great work so start from wherever you want to okay um I guess we can start from uh let's start from the middle I guess so um I guess we'll say about 2019 um which was 11th grade, 10th and 11th grade, um, you know, it's like high school was like really overwhelming and stuff like that. So um, like some of my close friends, you know, they was like changing and you could really like tell like, you know, started to get overwhelmed and you can kind of like see the like depressed and stuff like that. Um, so that's where it really started from. And I see, like I started really looking at people and seeing like, it's like, a toll on some people like you know mental health but I never really found the importance of mental health until I saw like being on the outside and seeing those people with mental health I didn't really see like how it really impacted not just them but me mm -hmm. so I guess that's where it really started from um it did it took a it took a toll on you know me and most of my friends so so when you say that they were like struggling with mental health, like you said that they were like, through like some of your close friends or like friends in your school. Yeah, yeah my close friends um, from school. Okay. And so they were like starting to feel depressed. Where did you think, where do you think the depression came from? Was it like they were starting to feel like you said I would definitely say school. And like the pressures of school, Cortez, like, or like the pressures of like what happens after school or where do you think that the, I guess, pressure or depression symptoms were coming from or stemming from, I think Becca's trying to say. Thank you. I would say <laughs> in, school, in school, definitely. Um, because because the, like outside of school, but inside of school when you gotta when you have when you have eight eight different classes and every teacher want, wants three essays due at the same time mm -hmm. and then 
then you have to do and then you have to like you know as being like teens you gotta um you have to like figure out okay so and now you know i'm becoming older so i'm trying to you know get more money and then you gotta mm-hmm. go to work and then you're doing all these essays and everything becomes a tool especially going to like a stricter school like a like mastery is mm-hmm. like so you have to do these things and then they, they give you a progress report every week so then you see your grades and then you, you see how they're declining and mm-hmm. then you're getting overwhelmed you try to push yourself harder while trying to still you know work after school or do an extra school activity then you got a thing you got 11th grade where you do college stuff and then you don't yeah. college and it's really like all that bunch together it make it really is a lot yeah, that, I mean, absolutely. That sounds like a lot. And I remember being in high school and feeling those same things, right? Being like, oh my goodness, I have a hundred different reports to do. I have this test and that test and activities and work and like maintaining relationships with my friends and partners and things like that. And it does, you're right, Cortez, like it takes a toll on on some people. And I feel like that's super valid what you're expressing. Yeah, and you go to you said you said so you go to a charter school, right? That's what you, you kind of mastery charter school, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's a very demanding, you know, high pressure school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, I can't. I remember eleventh grade being really, really intense. Um, yeah. And that was actually the year my depression got really bad as well. I remember like, I mean, and my, my mental illness, I've said this before on the podcast, like it really um, tested itself physically. And I was sick all the time in 11th because I was like, so overwhelmed. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to also, like, I don't want we're saying this, but like, I also don't want to invalidate the fact that there was, it's not just like, oh, everybody's overwhelmed in 11th grade. Like some people take it, it's more serious, right? Yeah, I think that is a really good point, Becca. And I wonder, Cortez, and maybe like, this is a question that I don't know if you've ever been asked before, but what do you think was like driving that pressure, like outside of school? Did you like, were you, did you not want to like disappoint anyone or did you want to achieve a goal that you set out for yourself or were you putting pressure on yourself at all because of, you know, outside forces or anything? Oh, I definitely didn't get asked that question before, um, <laughs> but it definitely is like you have people in your family and, you know, most people in your family always talk about college, right? Mm-hmm. When you get to 11th grade, you really got to decide, do you want to go to college? You mm-hmm. like, for me, I didn't like most of my family, they want me to go to a, like a high college. Well, then I do. I don't really want to go to, I don't know if I want to go to college and I still don't. But it's like, then you really got to push yourself like, okay, you don't want to, like, you don't want to fail them, right? But you mm-hmm. also want to, you want to do. So it's really, is is like, dang, it's like, it definitely is pressure. Yeah, and pressure, I mean, I feel like can manifest. And so when you're feeling pressure, you know, you can feel so many different things. What What are some of the things that you felt like in your mind or in your body when you were experiencing that, that great? sense of pressure i felt anxious like, ang- mm-hmm. like really anxious and like overwhelmed yeah 
tired. Like I felt so many ways and I felt anxious because it's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that, you know, mm-hmm. then, and then out of school, I got to do this and I got to do that. It's like, and that's just, that's like really a toll on somebody. Yeah. So really happy. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Um, so when this, so when you're seeing this start to pop up with your friends and yourselves, and you don't have to say about this about yourself necessarily if you don't want to get into it, but like, I always ask this because part of my story is I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict. And I have heard that this generation is using substances less than say my generation, but is that something that you saw really like, because I know that that's a common coping mechanism as well. And I'm always curious to hear about how, if that's something that pops up in your community. Right. Uh, definitely. Like so much. It's like, you know, it's like not my close friends, but like most of my friends, most of them dropped out, you know, and then started to use like those substances and stuff like that. And, you know, they like to now, you know, they haven't came back and some never came back to school after ninth grade. Some never came, some just left at 10th grade. Some didn't even get to 11th grade, you know. And even like most most of them, you know, they got left back and that probably, you know, took a toll on them. They said, you know, I don't mm-hmm. even want to go to a, to class anymore, you know. So then they just, you know, they just start coming to school and they start, you know, using uh, drugs, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are, like you said, ninth, 10th graders who are, you know, turning to to substances as a means to kind of deal with that pressure. Um, and I feel like, you know, like Becca's story, that is a common avenue. I feel like that people go down when they're dealing with intense anxiety and pressure as young people, because it's almost like this is just, it, it's, it, it's easier to to do that than to deal with what's actually happening my heart breaks for those kids yeah Yeah. Um, like my addiction started very young and I luckily was in a situation where I didn't have an option of dropping out of school you know like I had a support system and people around me that didn't allow for that to be the case um so I was lucky in that regard but I know that's not the case for a lot of people so you saw that occur though, like a lot of kids were dropping out. Yeah, um, you know, some some of them, you know, I, I've talked to like, you know, I've, me, like me and them, you know, we sat down and we like actually had a conversation and uh, most of them, they say, uh, you know, they take drugs because they feel so much and they don't want that and they want to feel numb. And, that, and that's why they do it. And after you feel numb one time, you don't feel nothing and you keep, you keep doing it and then after that it's just it becomes addicting and it's just it helps them in so many ways but it also hurts them yeah it hurts them in more ways than I'm sure that they're aware of at that time you know and I think we talk about this a lot in our ending the silence presentations is that people sometimes utilize like drugs and alcohol as negative coping skills um and that, like, for me, I, I struggled with disordered eating in high school. And that was kind of my 
way of numbing myself. And it, 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 that too is a negative coping skill. So it's, you know, that's so real that the feelings and emotions that young people like yourself experience is so heavy sometimes that we don't know how to navigate those emotions at all. It's scary. Yeah. It really is. And so what was your like reason to not go down that path? Yeah. Uh, I feel like the same reason as Ms. Becca, I had a, um, a support system and also I'm, I'm really aware of things and I'm, I really look at those like as my friends that, that, you know, uh, that has doing drugs and I see them and I know I don't want to go down that path, even though I don't know the direct path, you know, I want to go to, you know, I know I I don't want to do that. You know, I I know I want to, you know, I want to be, I want to live a stable life. You know, I want to, you know, just, I want to do everything, I guess, necessarily the right way. Um, so that's why, you know, I talk to my friends, even though like I don't have a therapist and stuff and some people use drugs as therapy, you know, I, I don't have a therapist, but I use my friends and I talk to my Mm -hmm. friends about most of the things that I feel. And I feel like that helps a lot, that especially when they can relate to it. And it yeah. was just honest conversation about, you know, just get everything off just, I feel like that helps me. So my support system, I feel like is the best. That <laughs> What about at home? Do you have good support at home? Yeah, definitely. Especially, yeah, my family, definitely. Uh, my mom pushes me like to the, to the max you know and I like I, I explained to her the other day I said you know I don't know if I want to go to a high college I think I want to go to CCP and then transfer and she said that's the best option save money and work smarter not harder and she definitely accepts that and I didn't know she would because you know most parents you know they do like oh go to this college go to a high college but she that she said that's what she did and it was the best decision and she said, I should do the same and do whatever uh, makes me happy. Wow. I love that. We talked about that before. Like, so um, just for our listeners, CCP is Community College of Philadelphia. Um, and I think, and what you had told me about this before was that, you know, um, you would go to kind of figure out where, it, what it is you want to do in college, you know, get your basics done and figure out what it is. And then you can go to, you know, from there, like four-year college or whatever, which I think is such a great idea because who at 18 years old knows what they want to do in college, you know? Not a a lot of people, I'm I'm guessing, right? Like, I don't know the formal statistic, but you're so right, Becca. And I I also want to, like, give a shout out to your mom, Cortez. Because like, that is, that is wonderful that she was able to kind of see where you were at, meet you where you were at, and like walk with you and kind of, you know, support you in that way, instead of adding more pressure onto your, onto your already sweetheart, you know, that she was able to see, okay, this might be the best option for my kid, and not trying to force you into an option that she thinks or that society is telling her to to do so shout out to to your mom (laughs) so um now I also want to ask you about okay this everything you're talking about though is like what you're seeing with your friends and everything this was all you said 2019 so 
pandemic, pre twenty pre COVID. I mean, just pre twenty fucking. Excuse me. <laughs> Breaking my rules left and right, <laughs> and I'll keep that right in this podcast too, so people can see that we also make mistakes. <laughs> so so pre twenty. F in 20. <laughs> better, better. <laughs> yeah, so, what did life look like for you prior to the pandemic? <laughs> is is the is what Becca is trying to express. Well, I mean, so but you saw these things happening with your friends, and that's when you started getting interested or like getting exposed to it. Yeah. And now when you saw things popping up with your friends, like you said, you talked to your friends who were struggling with addiction as coping strategies. Um, What was your response? Like when their friends were talking about that? Well, like, you know, as as they talking about addiction and stuff like that and them going through problems with school, I I related, like I 100% related to that and that's when I started to find myself and it was like, okay, I've like, I'm relating to what you're relating to. So then we started to connect, like, like, I feel like, okay, this is what we should do. You know, we can come up with a plan for the school as in like, okay, how about, you know, we call each other every day after school, after work to see if, okay, let's do some homework together or, we got study hall. Okay, let's do study hall together. Let's get, you know, let's get our homework together. Like we made a plan to do things together to make to make life easier. So like you go with work smarter, not harder. And then it helps both of us or all of us, because it was more than two of us. And it just was a helpful thing. Becca is like so in in awe of you, Cortez. I can see it on her face. I just want to highlight what you just said. Work smarter, not harder. I that is so uh it's so poignant, you know, like that <clears throat> and just like making the plans together, working together, working, you know, knowing that you can't tackle all these things on your own. So let's figure out ways to do it smarter. Mm-hmm. And that working harder isn't necessarily gonna make better than that you know yeah most people they most people they don't think about working together because they don't like to share they don't like to share uh their self so and they don't like to feel like oh I'm the victim or oh I don't want people to feel bad for me you know I'm gonna just do this myself and that's how I felt for a while until I really felt those people my close friends to really connect with um, and then once I connected, it felt so much easier because at any time of the day, if I'm feeling something, I could go to them. We can go outside at, like for lunch and we can talk. We can set the lunch table and just talk about our feelings. And it made it so much easier once you have friends, especially like, especially close friends that really like value you and everything that you're about. I love that. And we, so in my community, um, we in my place of worship we have these things called links where it's all about like how we're not supposed to do life alone like we are human beings like we're we're literally created and built to like do life with other people and I think that it's so important like the power of connection like whether it's 
one other person that just is like, dude, I get it. Or I hear you, or I'm with you, or I understand. And then like that group of people, those friends that care about you, that you can call, that you can do homework with, that you can like FaceTime while you're watching a show or whatever. Those people that really are like in your corner is so, so special and important, especially when you're going through a hard time. So I love your discussion on community and people being together. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And like one tip I do give is when, like when you're talking to your friends, like what, so I was on a group FaceTime one time and we were just talking and we were venting and after we got done, we said, we each said that like, we all gave a shout out to each person, each. And we said, thank you for this, or I'm proud of you because of this. And everybody in that group FaceTime cried because when you really hear like, thank you, because like you're an awesome person, or I'm proud of you because of this and that, that really like gets you like, wow, because somebody really values me in my life. Again, we're all emotional. We are in our feelings because of you, Cortez. And I just want to remind everyone, too, that's listening. Cortez is 17. One, <laughs> one seven. 17. He's a senior in high school. And he, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we maybe have some old, like, older people listening. But, like, be reminded, right, that, like, the things that Cortez is doing with his group of young adult, young friends really is so easy, but, and so impactful. Just hearing, like you said, hearing those words saying like, I am proud of you because, or I love you because can really change the course of someone's life, literally. So thank you for reminding me to do that to all of my friends today. I know. I know. I feel like that needs to be, I feel like Cortez, so Cortez came to a support group, a teen support group once a week and Cortez came to the first one, I think. And um, he was dropping all this wisdom and, <laughs> um, and he made one of the participants who was really struggling feel very special. Um, and that was when I knew I had to, get him on here. Um, so actually we need to take a quick break and then we will come back and get more into things. So we'll be back and we're back. We are back. Yay. So um, before we left, we were getting all emotional and becoming more and more fangirls of Cortez. Yes. So, so now we're we've collected ourselves and now we're back. So, and like we said, you know, this was pre-F and 20, F and 20. <laughs> so Girl. let's get into 2020. Let's I am so interested in the teen perspective of this year because I know <laughs> mental health struggles have been like, have been real all over all different people. And I want to hear about what it's been like for you, what you've seen in your school, in your community. Because I know, in, I, I, and you know, just to mention, you know, you said you're West Philadelphia born and raised. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know that there's been some, some 
trauma that have impacted yeah, mm -hmm. that's impacted the West Philadelphia particular community. So that was a lot of things, but start where you want, go, you know. Okay. So uh, uh, you, said, you said we're getting into 2020. Um, actually, 2020 in the beginning, January, February was like great. Like, it was like too good to be true. And it was because it was just like everything was falling in place. You know, you know, since in 2019, you know, start 11th grade. And now I'm in the middle of 11th grade. You know, my grades are rising. Um, I'm, I'm starting to understand things more um, about people and connecting with people. Um, yeah. So then afterwards, uh, March, April, May, June, all that. Um, that's when it was like, okay, what's going to happen? Um, you know, because now, uh, now we stopped being in school. So it's like, okay, we probably go back to school. We did not go back to school. Um, I guess that that definitely took a toll because uh, like, I'm, like, I like to interact with people like face to face and I like to talk to people. Being on a computer screen, it's, oh, like, oh, I can't. It's so hard not interacting with people, especially. And especially I feel like for someone like you, Cortez, who like, truly values relationship right like you are someone who like is feels fueled by relationship and interaction and being social and talking to your friends and that was taken from you that was taken from everyone mm -hmm. yeah definitely. so like what are some other things like that I guess were impactful for you for because of 2020 keep talking about the the dumpster fire that is 2020 well, I guess let's say. Well, I, I like I really, I really saw who my friends were. Um, not just my school friends. I saw who the people that I would want around me twenty four seven type of friends because that's the people that that called every single day and asked how you doing today or what you doing today. Um, okay, and that's the people that stayed on the phone for like 24 hours just nothing we doing nothing or playing the game with me so it was like you i really saw in 2020 2020 opened my eyes a lot like just not not even just friend friends wise it just really i really I, it really changed my perspective on a lot of things um just seeing everything that happened you know with the different things um you know, with police brutality and uh, stuff like that, and you know, things that's happened, like you know, the looting stuff like that in Philadelphia, it really opened my eyes, and I saw like, wow, like this is like, it's changing, like, like the world is changing, and in the middle, in the middle of my eyes, so it was like really weird because I never had a big change like that it just happened so fast and. Me, I'm the person that I don't like change. And that's why, you know, I can't really just go into a change so fast. Um, that's really hard for me because I can't, I don't really understand things as well. So like me going from being in school to being on the computer every single day, that's a big change. And it was really hard for me. So I feel like 2020 is really changed and it really opened my eyes. Yes. I mean, 2020, <clears throat> that, that, that change like that you're talking about literally happened in an instant. Mm -hmm. 
and everyone was expected to just adjust like everyone was expected to just like wake up one day and completely shift your lifestyle and I like Becca and I talk about this all the time young people like yourself right like the things that you have to navigate at 17 during this pandemic, like things that were taken away from you that you probably looked forward to your entire life, like prom and and activities and graduation and all of these things like are, are taken from you guys. Yeah. Um, Ever since what well, I, I would say my eighth grade dance, um, which because I graduated in eighth grade and went to a high school, but ever since eight, my eighth grade dance, I had so much fun. I was like, oh my god, I cannot wait till eleventh and twelfth grade prom because I'm gonna have so <laughs> much more fun. Oh my god! And then I had eighth grade graduation. I said, watch my twelfth grade graduation. It's gonna be so fun. And then it's just like, oh no, you don't get that. You know, you gotta be, you better be on the laptop or, and same thing with um. It's just like, uh, everything just got taken, just boom. And then the, uh, uh, what happened? In the in October, we scheduled our senior pictures, and it was supposed to be actually today, but that got postponed. Uh, I guess in January. So it's just like, dang, everything is just mm-hmm. getting taken, postponed and changed. But I I I feel like everything happens for a reason, and it happened in 2020 because. The class of twenty twenty and the class of twenty twenty one and and so forth is like really strong and it's just a test that we can just get past and it's everything happens for a reason and you just gotta stay positive through everything. Um, he always circles circles back to gratitude. I know circles back, circles back to strength to resilience. That's and so really hard. yeah yeah. <laughs> we struggle to um, think that way often, you know, and I think to have little reminders like this one, Cortez, and to be reminded, you know, that we are, we will get through this. We are resilient and, you know, there's going to be a better day. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that we often forget. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you definitely gotta be grateful for this time because with COVID over 6 million people, have lost their life and you are chosen to wake up every day is definitely something that you gotta be grateful for so you I wake up every day happy because I, I have woken up and I'm not I'm not inside of an ICU or I'm not inside of a hospital you know can't like hard hard to breathe I'm waking up and I'm actually able to breathe and I've gone these different places like I've been I've been to Maryland in 2020. I've been to Florida in 2020. Right. And I'm still here. And it's just really like, this is where you really gotta be grateful for life and everything that happens. Wow. I So I remember when I was in middle school, <laughs> there was this man that came and talked to our class who was living with AIDS, full-blown AIDS. Um, and to, you know, I am old, so this was quite a while ago. You are wise. You are not old. You are wise. <laughs> well, so this was back when AIDS was a like like was a was a death sentence, you know. And um, and he talked to our class, and I think I asked him the question like, 
do you like wake up every day and like scared that today will be your last day? And he said, I wake up every day and I feel blessed that I woke up that day. Like you just said, and it was like something that really inspired me at a young age that he said that. And like, um, and so, and he was, <laughs> than you are now. And so I just think that's an incredible thing. Cause like, I know that I have often been able, like, I've, I've just been in a place where I've been like feeling so sorry for myself, for the world, for the country. Like, I can't believe this is happening. All these people are dying and, you know, and it's, it is sad, but to look at like, and like, I'm scared, like this is going to happen to me, you know, but like to be able to say like, I'm blessed because it hasn't, and I am alive, and I am able to. It's just incredible. I, I, I really, my hat is off to you. I don't know. That's kind of a listen. Show. You are, and I said it at the beginning of this podcast. You are such a light, and we need people like you. And I know that you do a lot of work. Um, you know, and you're you do some some good stuff throughout the community. Um, and I want to hear a little bit more about that and what you're doing for Philly. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, okay. I guess I'm, I, I'm not going to start on my show because I do have something coming up in December. So December 4th, um, December 4th at 12 PM um, at 12th and market, um, I'm putting together is called feed unfortunate. And basically what we're doing is, you know, we having uh, just like some food and stuff and anybody can come out and, just get, you know, a bowl of, of uh, soup, um, you know, just to show like, you know, I care, you know, there's people out there that care about you because I, I feel like that's what you really need. You got to, you really, because when you sitting there and you're alone and you're depressed, you think nobody is there. Nobody is there for you at all. And then when you have those people that's like, that you know is there, they prevent so much, like they prevent suicide from happening because so many people feel alone, like there's nobody. And um, I watched this uh, this documentary. It was like a short documentary. It was about the uh, the guy that jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Yes. And he, he said he was on a bus and uh, he was crying. He saw those and he just wanted somebody to notice him. And he saw it was two men sitting there and he was a teenager and they were laughing like, what's wrong with this kid? And then he walked slowly off to get off the bus and the bus driver just was like, come on, go ahead, get off. And nobody recognized him. Nobody, nobody acknowledged him. Nobody asked if he was okay. And then that's when he said, nobody cares about me. But he didn't want to jump. But he, it was just, he jumped. And he said that he, he regrets that. He regrets doing that. He just wanted somebody to notice him. And as soon as he jumped, he instantly regretted it. And I, I feel like, even with the, the attempts that have uh, succeeded, I feel like they regretted it. And it's just like, dang, like, I wish I was there every time to like, tell them like, you know, like, you know, I see you, I recognize you, you know, you're important to me because, you know, you're, you're in this world, you know? So I just feel like you really gotta do, you really gotta tell people like they, oh, I recognize you every day, even though if you, if you don't even think that's going on, they can be the happiest people. That's the ones that's hurt the most because I have a smile on my face every day, but I hurt the most. 
and that's with a lot of people because you would never tell but you the people you know people aren't sad and you can see that they're sad but most people they got the smile on their face and they're, but they're the ones that's most hurting and that's the ones that i really i really check on and i check on all my friends every day to make sure they're good so i have like no words really like the the power that comes from i'm literally crying the powers that comes from what you're saying and what you're doing is so beautiful um and just saying things like i recognize you i see you i hear you is sometimes like you said like it could save someone's life it could it could stop someone from you know from doing something that they they that could end their life and it's people like you who are true heroes making a difference in people's lives yeah so i so i i really just made um feed the unfortunate um because i wanted to do something before my my big event because i want people to like notice especially people that's going through a rough time right now that it's it's going to be okay at the end of the day like like you know it's always you know a rainbow so there's always a rainbow at the end of a storm so i at the end of the day i want to be a part of that rainbow that you're going to have so if you're feeling down at a certain point in the time like you can always come you know come to me so that's why i got feed down fortunate um just that's at 12 12th and market in philadelphia yeah 12th and market on december 4th um so then on january 16th 2021 um i have a time show coming up it's basically, it's basically, this is more focused on team mental health. But even though I say it's about team mental health, it's about all mental health, to be honest. But, but I say team mental health because that's where it starts at. And um, you can, like, you really can tell as because it doesn't just start when you're an adult. It starts from being a teenager. But people, they say, oh, you know, you're just a teen. You can, you know, you'll be fine. You know, you're just going through stuff but people are really going through mental health issues and if they don't get the you know the right support that they they have that they need then they're going to they're you know they're going to suffer as an adult and it's going to be worse so if you know if i could be that type of help uh while you're a teen while it's just starting at the foundation yeah. maybe we can you know let's try to help in any way so my event is basically um it's basically a talent show for teens. Um, it's ran by all teens, actually. Um, so it's basically to show talent um, and just to get some information about uh, team mental health. Um, at first, it was a twenty dollars cash prize, because but uh, now we raise it to a four hundred dollars cash prize. Whoa! <laughs> that's, a, that's quite a difference. I just also want to just real quick, just point, add on to something you just said, because um, I think that is something that people don't know is that, um, just going to throw some stats in there, 50% um, of all cases of mental illness start presenting by the age of 14, 25, uh, 75 by the age of 24. So what you're saying is absolutely accurate. These things start to, mental illnesses start to pop up in your teen years. And oftentimes it takes about eight to 10 years for people to seek treatment. And that's why raising awareness for teens is so important. And it makes me 
so happy <laughs> that that's something that is that you're focusing on because it's something that like when we first talked like when you first reached out to me it was you know you said something that people just don't talk enough about and yeah and and so to do an event where you're raising awareness is really powerful so go on tell us more about it yeah so is is basically to uh to bring awareness to uh team mental health um I think I really think is like is important. Team mental health is definitely important, um, just because like what you said, it really starts at teen, and maybe even younger. Because uh, I feel like like as as I'm doing this event, as I'm planning, I'm thinking like, okay, as I'm doing research, like I'm doing research every day, you know, just to find the right information. I'm I'm noticing like I've I've been through it early, as like fifth fourth grade, um, you know. Me, me, you know, wanting to like end my life at in fifth grade is crazy, but like that's something that I've never talked about. But some people know, and then you know, as that happened, you know, I got sent to Horsham, and I got the right you know treatment and stuff like that, and it really helped me. And now I'm now I'm doing an event to help other people, teens and kids. So, whoa, let's go into that a little bit, if you don't mind. So in fifth grade, you had thoughts, serious thoughts about ending your life? Yeah. Um, what was going on for you at that time? Uh, it, it was more of me, you know, not being able to see, you know, my family as often. Um, so I felt lonely. Um, so I, so I like I told like I had a school counselor that is I had a school counselor at third grade um and I still talk to that I still talk to that person right now and her name is uh Danielle Ayanako and I told her shout out yeah shout out school counselors don't get um credit and I just what's her name again Danielle Ayanako um she's a counselor for Mastery Charter Harity uh campus um yeah, so I me we I've been there in third grade. Um so in fifth, like after, you know, after I thought about, you know, ending my life, uh she sent me to Horsham, right? And I had and then so I was so mad at her because she sent me to somewhere and I couldn't see my friends. So I'm like, like who are these people that I'm here and stuff like that? And I was so mad at her. But that was in fifth grade. I came back in like sixth grade. Um, then afterwards, like I would say sick in the middle of sixth grade, I really realized like she didn't do anything to hurt me. She helped me because if she did not send me there and I was still in class and, you know, being around people, I don't, I don't know where I would be. So she really like helped me. And I don't, I don't think I give her enough credit, but she really impacted my life and probably even saved my life. Wow. And I, I mean, number one, I have a lot of thoughts about that. Number one, I, my heart breaks that you were so, such a, you were young, like so young dealing with those big emotions and thoughts and feelings, but that, you know, someone saw you just like you, you now see others right? That she was, she recognized you and she was there for you. And she did what she thought was best for you. And in the moment, 
you may have been angry and upset, but now you look back on it and you give her, you know, you thank her. And I think that that is so important for people to know and to recognize that we can be those people for people who are hurting and to never just let someone who's hurting hurt by themselves. Right. That if we, if someone comes to us and says that they're feeling like they want to end their life, or if we think that they want to end their life, you know, like that's something that we just, we don't ever negate or pretend isn't there. And Becca always says, you know, we might feel angry or that we're breaking their trust or that we are doing something that will, you know, piss them off or whatever. But in the long run, you could save their life and, the outcome could be like this one, like Cortez says, giving her love and praise and gratitude today, to this day, is still yeah. so grateful for, for him. So I thank you for sharing that piece of your life, Cortez, with us. Yeah, yeah and I think also it's important, like I said, because I had a friend when I was in high school who was and I, you know, and I told my parents, and you know, and it was a whole thing, and she was mad at me at the time. But like I say, like I... Like maybe I wouldn't be here today if she, if, well, she might not be here today, you know, if I hadn't done that, but then I might not be here today because she then was able to help me later when I was struggling. So it's like, yeah, I mean, and now look at you, you know, you're now like she, your counselor helped save you. You're now in a position to save others. And it's like this, it's a wonderful, that's oh, beautiful. And I also love that because I feel like a lot of times we have people on here who when I ask, I always ask the question, was there a counselor that helped in school or whatever? And they always say no, <laughs> but I do. But a lot of times those people are, I will say are a little older. So it's maybe it's showing that this is something that's been now been talked about more and more and so counselors there are playing a more significant role in schools than maybe previously so I am so happy to hear that oh thank you that's really great um so we're getting close to needing to wrap up yeah I do just want to like you did a little bit on I and I I know I was driving up, but I, you did touch a little bit on the way things in your community, the trauma in your community has impacted your mental health and the mental health of the people in your, and has it made it harder to talk about mental health or, I mean, or just talk about how that has affected. I okay. So, so I definitely, um, I definitely talked to uh, somebody about this before. Um, I asked them a question about this. I said, Okay, so if we tie this team, like team mental health, right, I think I can tie this to a bigger aspect, right? And then I ran it down to them. I said, we start with team mental health, right? You go through mental health and you try to numb yourself. So you do drugs, right? Especially in my community, when you start doing drugs, you start to be out more. When you start to be out more, people start to impact you with guns and stuff like that. And then you go to gun violence. And then that's what most of my community is talking about right now, trying to end gun violence. And then I feel like maybe if I can stop the team mental health or help in team mental health, that's where we, I feel like that's where we have to start. And it doesn't, uh, gun violence doesn't always, you know, 
just start because of Team Atone. But I feel like about 10% of it does, or even more, because of Team Atone and people go through these things that they don't want to, you know, talk about. And you start doing drugs and drugs, you know, they started to lead to other things. Um, so I've, that's what I talked about to uh, some people. Um, I talked to my uncle about it, who is, um, who is the chief counsel of the uh, state center, Senator Anthony Williams. He asked me about some tips for, um, you know, just to stop gun violence and stuff like that. So uh, I talked to him and, you know, we had a deep conversation about that, about team mental health and how we can try to stop team mental health because that leads to gun violence and stuff like that. So like community prevention, basically, like starting with young people and trying to help them get get the help that they need or, you know, or trying to focus on feeding the community so that people are, are doing better and therefore aren't going to be as exposed to... I'm not saying any yeah. of that. Yeah, no, I think that that is, that's really cool what you're doing because I think you're right, right? That like, if we work with our young teens around emotion regulation and talking about feelings and processing mm -hmm. and healthy ways and getting connected to each other in a positive light and really like, like, uh, what is the word? Like shining positivity on our community and shining education and stigma reduction and all of that stuff that prevention is powerful, right? So I think that that is a really cool place to start because I'm sure, you know, and like you said, not always do the things connect to each other, but sometimes there is a connection in that person's history, you know? So I think that it's important what you're doing. And I think that it could really make a difference. Um, and again, like, I'm so proud of who you are yeah. and I'm so proud of, and I cannot wait for what, I mean, you're still so young, what you're going to do. And like the, the change and the beauty that you are going to bring to Philadelphia is, is magical, really. Yeah. So this, <laughs> and so your event, I just have another question about your event. Now, you know, Philly has released a whole new slew of restrictions and granted right now they're in, in effect until January and your event is in January but part of me feels like it's going to be extended. <laughs> um, what does that mean for your event? Are you going to be able to do it virtually? So uh, my uncle asked me about that also. He said, should I, he said, don't ever think about canceling. Think about postponing it. Um, and actually, if it comes down to that, I'm definitely going to postpone it. Um, uh, and then... You know, rather like, than going virtual yeah mm -hmm. um then also that leads me to something i didn't tell nobody yet but um and so philly showcase is in 2022 we're coming out with another event um it's actually not going to be a talent show though it's going to be um it's going to be a charity <laughs> boxing event um so that is also in the works as the talent show is also in the works, but that's for 2022 or 2023. A charity what event? event? A charity boxing event. Boxing. boxing. Wow. So fun. You are so cool. You're so busy and already thinking about like 
next steps and next steps after that. So I think that's great. And I'm glad that you're, you know, considering the world and all the restrictions and stuff that you are, um, you know, not going to cancel your event, but reschedule for, you know, a, a time that's better for everyone but that is well there will there be marketing around your event like where people can get connected to it how can we find out if it's happening and how we can watch and participate or support uh so uh my the my event instagram is philly.showcase p-h-i-l-l-y dot showcase s-h-o-w-c-a-s-e um, where you can go on my website, uh, it's thephillyshowcase.com. Um, that is, a, I think that's it. You can, uh, you can still sign up actually, um, to even be in the event. Uh, you can also get tickets. Actually, we're 80% sold out right now. So. Whoa. Yeah. I love that. that. <laughs> I know. And I, I'm going to ask you my famous question. And then I want you to tell us again where we can find you on Instagram and stuff. So the question that I always ask everyone to close is if you could tell your younger self, right? So that boy that was hurting in third grade, in fourth grade, in fifth grade, when you were going through what you were going through, what would you tell him today? Uh, I would tell him that um, at the end of the day, anything that you go through, you, it, there will always be a positive day and always be grateful for everything. Not, you know, even though there's one thing that's, you know, negative, there's one thing, but it's so many more positive things. If you really dig deeper, so many more positive things that is going to happen, um, that is st that's happening right where you are now. Um, you know, it might be one negative thing and then you might, that might weigh big on your shoulders. But at the end of the day, if you really stack up all of the positive things, it weighs so, so heavy. I needed that reminder. Yes, me too. Mm -hmm. I, I needed that reminder. I think a lot of people do, especially when they're in, like, when they're depressed, it's really hard to not focus on, like, it could be one little negative thing. And yeah. Everything else is beautiful. It's so hard. It's really good to remind people of that. Um, yes. It, it might be, it might be raining, right? But if you look up, you can see like so many beautiful clouds. And that's what I really tell myself all the time that is really anything that is really negative is a beauty inside everything. I need you like, I needed like recordings of you just like all the time. When I'm like, when I'm, <laughs> right. When I'm like feeling depressed, I'm going to be like, Cortez, give me some, like, give me some wisdom. <laughs> I love it. You are so, so special. Yeah. So, so special. And we are so grateful that you are on this podcast and that people will get to hear your story and that we get to know you. And that you are part of, you are a part of Philly and I feel lucky for that. Yeah. I want you to come to my group every week so you can drop some wisdom and definitely some other. Yeah. Yeah. Becca, um, when is your group is when tell everyone when, when your group is so that. Okay. They can yes. So everyone, I have a team support group that meets 
every Sunday at 5.30. Um, and you can go, so you can find the Yana podcast at the Yana podcast and Instagram. <laughs> when you go there, you can find out information about the support group as well. Um, so yes, uh, like, and how to log in and register and everything like that. So it's open to all teens. Um, I had said 14 to 18, but I'm actually changing it. I think to 13 to 18. So, um, yeah. And it's free and it's free. Yeah, it's free. No charge. There's other, it's a great way to talk to other teens who, and you don't have to be like, have a have a diagnosed mental illness. You can just be looking for support in general. You can be a family member of somebody. You can, you know, it's just being, you know, living with life on life. Yeah. So, um, great. So Cortez, where can, so you said where they can find the Philly showcase, where can, can people find yes. you to, um, so you can find me at, uh, on Instagram. Um, at, at underscore dot motes dot underscore. Uh, you can also go on my website at thephillyshowcase.com and under it, it will be social and all my socials are there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, yes. Awesome. And we will put that information in the show notes. So, yeah. That. This is right. so cool. You are so awesome. We are so grateful for you. And again, I'll tell you one more time, like you are so cool and so inspiring and all of the things you've made me cry like 300 times already today Ditto. so, so thanks for that <laughs> i'm just kidding but again like no, i feel like the, uplifted this is good yes Grumpy the world the world needs more of you so keep shining your light keep doing what you're gonna do because it's gonna be good and we yeah. can't wait to support you and love you and watch you grow. And um, I want to but... like have you on here more and more and more and talk about things. So <laughs> we'll have a part two. All I right. love it. Well, let's get out of here. So um, yes, we are put out new episodes every Tuesday on all pod podcast platforms. So that's it. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. If you'd like to hear more about Cortez's story, stay tuned for part two in the coming weeks. If you or someone you know is in crisis, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988. Or you can text NAMI to the crisis text line at 741-741 or go to NAMI.org for more information. Remember, you are not alone.